0: And faculty treated my kids like they were their own.
1: Shiloh is a a place where, you know, your kids can come and be themselves.
0: Staff is very open to things that the parents have to say. To enroll your child in Shiloh's Early Learning Academy, call (music) 225-343-4734. Missionary Baptist Church welcomes you to a time of harvest. It is our hope and prayer that the Spirit of the Lord reaches you through today's message and strengthens your walk with Christ so that you may pass along the Word and strengthen others' walk with Christ. And now we present to you a time of harvest.
2: Savior, Lord.
0: that we have this morning, I want you to consider the topic from complaint to celebration, from complaint to celebration. Have you ever wanted to quit? I mean, have you ever wanted to turn in your letter of resignation, pack up your stuff on your desk, throw your keys on the desk and say, I'm out, I quit. Have you ever been so disgusted, so dismayed, so alarmed, and so angry that you said, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm done with these folks. I'm not wasting my time, my energy, my money, my peace, my sanity, or my tears. One more minute. I'm done. I quit. So you've worked all these years to finally make it to the corner office, to the supervisory position, to that educational level that you always wanted to achieve. But once you get the promotion, the once-in-a-life opportunity, once you get the letters behind your name, the folks you thought were your ace, Boon Coon suddenly turn on you like a pack of ravenous wolves. <laughs> they question your authority and, 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 and they ride you about every decision you make. They say, now don't think you all that now that you've gotten to that place. And at first you try to deal with it. You say, well, I'm sure they just mean the best. But it quickly becomes apparent that they're working against you. Oh. And, 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 and they're actively trying to sabotage your efforts. They uh, have become backstabbers, smiling in your face while trying to take your place. Y'all know that song. And you say, forget this headache. I'm done. I'm quit. I'm out. Or you've put all that time into that romantic relationship. You've done the work. You were there when no one else was there. You answered their call when no one would answer their call. Uh, You believed in them when they didn't even believe in themselves. You've been their prayer partner, private chef, fashion consultant, administrative assistant, personal financier, and cheerleader all rolled into one. But now, she says, you're sweet, but I don't really know. I'm not really feeling you. Or now he says, uh, I'm not sure if you're really the one. And you say to yourself, You should have figured that out before I put three, four, five years of my time, energy, and effort into this relationship. And you say, You know what? Since you're not sure, I'm going to help you be sure. I'm done. I'm out. I quit. Or if I haven't walked down your street yet, you've been in church all your life. You sang in the Sunbeam Choir. You ushered with the junior ushers. You uh, worked with the young adult ministry. Uh, uh, you went to Sunday school. You went to Bible study. You went to BYPU or whatever y'all called it down here. Uh, uh, you did all of that. You always went to spring revival. You always went to fall revival. And you made sure that you had your role f- uh, full for the Pew Rally. Somebody know what I'm talking about? You did everything you were supposed to do. Uh, then you get the word that... uh sickness has taken over a loved one and that sickness has turned into a terminal diagnosis and and that terminal diagnosis has uh, developed uh, and, 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 and has become death and from the death you've developed a depression, a despair, a despondency that you didn't know you could ever feel and you say God I prayed that prayer and you didn't answer it. You say God I've been calling out to you and it seems like you're silent. You say, God, why won't you hear my cry? Uh-huh. Uh, if you're honest with yourself. So now you say, you know what, God, since you won't answer me, I'm done. I quit. I'm out. You know, I, I, I know we're all uh, saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit up in here. But if we would just be honest with ourselves sometime, and if we decided to testify instead of test a lie, If we would tell the truth on this morning, we would all admit that there are times in this life when you're done, when you want to quit, when you want to throw in your keys, when you want to throw in the towel, you want to pick up your marbles and go home. And if you felt like that, if you feel like that right now, I tell you you're not alone. You're not alone because as we thumb through the pages of the Old Testament, and as we make our way to the book of uh, Jeremiah, and as we go down to the 20th chapter, we find a brother named Jeremiah who feels uh, the way you felt. He feels like some of us are feeling right now. In fact, Jeremiah says, I'm done. I'm tired. In fact, I want to throw in the towel. I want to quit. You see, because Jeremiah has served God his whole life, his whole life, from the time he was a little boy, he faithfully listened and heeded the word of God. He walked in his call and he walked in his assignment. You see, Jeremiah preached with prophetic consciousness. And if you've been coming on Wednesdays, you know what that's about. He preached with prophetic consciousness and he spoke truth to power. He preached what thus saith the Lord when folks wanted to hear it and he preached what thus us, saith the Lord, when the folks didn't want to hear it. And the truth be told, that was the majority of the time. Jeremiah had been lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated. Uh, he'd been buked, scorned, talked about, sure, as he was born more times than he can count. In fact, when we begin the 20th chapter of the book of Jeremiah, he has been beaten and put into the stocks, put into jail by religious leadership because they want to stop him from preaching the word of God. So they beat him. They put him in jail. Then they let him out. And as soon as he gets out, ah, uh, he said is, I'm still going to preach the word of the Lord. And he shares with them a word of doom and gloom. So by the time we make it down here to the seventh verse, uh, something happens. And Jeremiah has been preaching uh, for a long time. But by the time we get to the seventh verse in this uh, text, something happens. And Jeremiah has an a, a, a emotional and a mental and a spiritual break. If you read the text, it looks like the last, incident was the last straw and jeremiah goes off i mean if you really look at the text this is what's going on he lodges a formal complaint against god because he says god has deceived him jeremiah feels like he's been hoodwinked Uh bamboozled led astray because God pushed him into the messiness of ministry because Jeremiah didn't call himself no God did that when he knit him in his mother's womb a long time ago Jeremiah did not call himself Jeremiah didn't give himself the assignment no God did that when he called him as a boy and said I'm raising you up Jeremiah to preach the word of God Jeremiah didn't call himself to be a prophet. No, God did that when God touched his lips and put in him the word, a word that burns like fire in his belly. But after all this, Jeremiah is tired. Jeremiah wants to quit. Jeremiah says, God, I didn't ask for it. You touched me and you gave me this passion. You gave me this prose. You gave me this poetry. You gave me the pain of ministry. God, you did it. And Jeremiah has a complaint. Jeremiah says, God, you overpowered me. You pushed me into this. And now all the people are laughing at me. Every time I open my, my mouth, they say, "What? He, what is he going to say this time? We're tired of hearing all that doom and all that gloom. And all I get for telling folks what you told me to tell them, God, is they talk about me. Yeah. They whisper behind my back. Wow. Jeremiah lobs complain after complain after complain against God. Uh, and sometimes, if we're honest, don't we feel like that? Yeah. Church life will throw some stuff your way yes. that makes you want to holler. Yes. Life will hand you some mess that makes you want to get out a piece of paper and lodge a form of complaint against God. Life will throw you some stuff if you just keep on living. Ah, and some people in your life, and it'll make you want to quit. But then something interesting happens in the text. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the text tells us that in order to make it through, if you felt like uh, Jeremiah and if, if you feel like you're just drowning in a sea of complaining, something interesting happens in the text. And the text tells us if you want to make it from complaint to celebration, uh, that what you have to do is you got to do three things. And those three things are you've got to remember your call. You've got to revive your commitment and you've got to refocus on your creator. So first the text tells us we have to remember our call. You see in verses seven and eight, Jeremiah lodges complaint after complaint against God. But then in verse nine, Jeremiah says, but if I say I'm not going to preach anymore, if I say forget it, I quit something wells up in me and it feels just like fire shut up in my bones it's too much for me trying to hold it in so I gotta let it out you see church something begins to happen as Jeremiah hurls his complaints against God and those are lamentations he's telling God God I have an issue and he has the kind of relationship with God that he can tell God what's on his mind and so as As he complains, a shift begins to occur in his psyche. And as he is in the process of complaining to God, As Jeremiah is getting all his fears and frustrations out, that's called venting, y'all. And sometimes it's healthy to vent. As he gets it all out, the complaining becomes therapeutic to him. And he's reminded as he complains of the call that God placed on his life. You see, some people believe we're not supposed to question God. Some people think you're not supposed to ask God anything. You're not supposed to tell God that you have an issue with how things have worked out but can I let you in on a little secret my God is big enough to handle your questions God is big enough to handle uh, your complaints So, uh, as Jeremiah begins to talk to the Lord, and as he goes through the process of dealing with the stuff that he's dealing with, as he becomes authentic and real, and as he stops trying to play with God, and I don't know why we play with God and lie to God, because God made us and shaped us and knows all about us, so why would we try to fool God? And through the process of complaining. He's reminded, hold up, God, I'm complaining about all this stuff. But I remember that you called me. I didn't call myself. You called me to this work. You called me to this ministry. You called me to this job. You called me to this marriage. You called me to do this work. Ah, and because you called me, Ah, I think I'll be able to stand. Because you called me to this assignment, ah, I realized that I can't go back. I won't go back to where I used to be. See, some of us are struggling with some things right now and dealing with some situations and circumstances, and we want to turn around and go back. But the Spirit is saying, no, baby, you can't go back. You can't go backwards. You got to keep on moving forward. I know it's hard right now. I know the work is hard. I know the ministry is hard. I know the assignment is hard. Ah, but if you would just remember the call that I placed on your life, if you'll just remember what I saw in you when I picked you for this assignment, if you'll just remember that, then the call the assignment will well up in you like fire in your bones. So church, I know uh, that's how you know when you've really been called to an assignment. When you want to give up, when you want to go home, when you want to turn in the towel, but you just can't do it. Sometimes you want to quit, but God says, no, you got to sit right there. Sit right there and just let me work. Uh, when you know you've been called, uh, although the work may get worrisome, the load may get heavy, and the trials may seem too tough to shoulder, remember your call. So first, you've got to remember your call, but second, you've got to revive your commitment. You see, when you look at this passage of scripture and indeed the entire experience of the prophet Jeremiah, what we come to understand is that Jeremiah has been preaching for 40 years and Jeremiah's never got one convert. Think about that. You've done this for 40 years and nobody will listen to a word that you have to say. He's been preaching and when he preaches out of a prophetic consciousness, the people say, we don't want to hear that. Uh, uh, Jeremiah was preaching judgment and justice and the people wanted to hear, name it and claim it. Yeah. Jeremiah was preaching, repent from your sins. And the people just wanted to hear, uh, you're amazing just as you are. Uh, Jeremiah was preaching, you're going into exile because you refuse to heed the word of the Lord. And the people only wanted to hear, you're next in line for a miracle. So naturally naturally jeremiah's you know what i'm tired i'm gonna quit because the truth of the matter is he had been preaching for 40 years and it seemed like folks wasn't listening to him listening to him so he assumed maybe i don't have the right stuff maybe i don't have what it really takes to get the job done maybe just maybe i didn't hear the still small voice Maybe I don't have uh, the right stuff to complete the assignment. But once Jeremiah remembered his call, then he was able to revive his commitment because he realized if you called me to the work, God, you're going to equip me to do the work. So really, I'm not responsible for the outcome. I'm responsible for doing the work. You see, sometimes we think that we're responsible for everything. We're responsible to get them here, bring them in the door, make sure they listen, make sure they do everything they're supposed to do. We think in our lives that we're responsible for taking care of everybody. We're we're responsible for mothering everybody. We're responsible for making sure that everybody has what they're supposed to have. And the truth of the matter is, sometimes you're just supposed to drop that seed you drop the seed and somebody else will come along and put a little fertilizer on it. Somebody- will come along and water that that seed and before you know it it's beginning to grow you see Jeremiah thought that he was responsible for the outcome and then he realized no I can revive my commitment because I've been taking stuff on my shoulders that's too big for me to take on see I'm just little old Jeremiah but God is a big old God and so Jeremiah was reminded uh, because he remembered his call that he was able to revitalize his commitment Because he realized that God had given him everything he needed, everything he needed uh, to do what he needed to do. So I asked you the question today. Are you struggling under the strain of your call? your assignment, whether it be in the church or outside the church, whether it be in the home or at the school or in your marriage, are you struggling with the call? And I've got a word for you. Just do the work and let God do the rest. Are you going through in your marriage? Are you going through with your spouse? Are you going through with your children? Are you going through as you endeavor to take care of your parents? Ah, uh, don't despair. Just do the work and God will do the rest. Uh, are you capsizing under flood uh, floods of despair and, and, and disappointment, disgust and grief? Just do the work. And let God do the rest. Just do the work because the Bible says in fact Jeremiah calls God the fearsome warrior. Let the fearsome warrior fight your battles. Because I believe that the Bible says in fact I know it says it that God will be Jehovah Nisi will be your banner of victory so why would you try to fight your battles when God has already declared that the war is over you just have to walk in faith and do the work and let God do the rest so number one you've got to remember your call number two you've got to revive your commitment but finally you've got to refocus your attention on your creator You see, all the way through this chapter of Jeremiah 20, Jeremiah has been lodging complaint after complaint towards God. And he he has a right to complain because it seems like he's been dealt a pretty uh, rough time. And Jeremiah says, uh, I'm done because you pushed me, God. Jeremiah says, I'm done because these folks are trifling and they don't listen to anything I say. Jeremiah says, I'm done because these people have turned their backs on me. I'm done, God. I'm done, God. I'm done, God. And for every complaint that Jeremiah uh, lodges, there's an I in front of it how he feels, what he wants, Uh what he thinks he needs. And every time Jeremiah says I, that means that Jeremiah wasn't looking at the I am. Every time Jeremiah says, I, he's focusing on the problem instead of the one who can heal and take care of the problem. As Jeremiah says, I, he's so overwhelmed with his circumstances, so inundated by the situation, so overcome by uh, his grief about what's going on in his life that he stopped looking at the one who made it.
1: Shiloh feeds the hungry on a regular basis. Shiloh clothes the naked through its bargain center on a regular basis. Shiloh pays bills for people who are having a hard time and can't pay their bills on a regular basis. These are not drives that we have that last for two or three weeks out of the year. These are things that take place every day of the week uh, through our bargain center, through our charitable foundation, through our brotherhood and sisterhood, through our comfort and care ministry, through our prison ministry. Shiloh reaches out into the community on an everyday basis. You know, Much is made of, of, of what we tried to do during the floods of 2016, where we took uh, a considerable amount of time and resources to help feed people on a daily basis as they tried to get back up on their feet. Uh, Much is made about that and and we're grateful for all of those who did so much. Reverend Jennifer Jones led that effort and did a wonderful job with that. But the truth of the matter is Shiloh feeds people every day. Shiloh clothes people every day. Shiloh uh, provides uh, the necessary uh, things for people to have a higher quality of life on an everyday basis. Not to mention the scholarship program, where $50,000 in scholarships uh, are are given away every year to people. Not to mention the summer enrichment program, where young people are given an opportunity to work in areas of their own interest uh, throughout the summer. And Shiloh picks up the tab for that, not the business. We don't go to businesses and ask them to pay for it. We ask them to place the person, and Shiloh pays for that. And we don't get a grant to do that. We do that through the membership. So when you ask me, what is it uh, that we have in store, it's, it's, it's simply looking at the needs that exist as they arise, and then saying, well, what can we do to fix that need? I can't say what the need is going to be. We didn't know in 16 that there was going to be a massive flood. We didn't know in 16 that Alton Serling was going to be murdered in the way that he was by Baton Rouge police officers. We didn't know uh, many of the things that have happened that they were going to happen when they happened. But I thank God that I serve a congregation that is ready, willing, and able to respond to those needs as they arise without knowing what those needs might be. This is Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, inviting you to give consideration to our Early Learning Academy as you look for a place for your pre-K, kindergarten, or first grader. We would love to have the opportunity to serve your child. We have outstanding facilities and a wonderful staff of certified teachers itching to serve you. Come by and share with us.